Welcome to Fast Company Digest, essential stories from tech, design, impact, and work life, narrated by Noah App. I'm Fast Company Senior Editor Lydia Dishman. Here are this week's stories. First, in the department of things that make you go, hmm, Fast Company's Adele Peters reports on the kidnapping of one George Cove, who patented solar energy tech back in 1906. After his business bizarrely went belly up, R&D for solar power lay dormant for decades. How might our planet have fared if his company had remained a going concern? Narrated by Noah. Listen to more of the world's best journalism on the Noah app or at newsoveraudio.com. For Noah, this is Jane Wing reading from Fast Company, where on the 16th of October 2023, Adele Peters writes, How a 100-year-old kidnapping set climate tech back decades. In 1954, Bell Labs created the first commercial silicon solar cell. But more than 40 years earlier, another inventor had launched a business to sell a sun rain machine for households. The early solar energy tech, which could power small household devices for a week and had been demonstrated on rooftops in New York City, was lauded in the press. But then the inventor, George Cove, was kidnapped. A New York Herald story reported at the time that Cove's kidnappers demanded that he shut down his business and give up the rights to his solar patents. It isn't clear what actually happened. Some speculate that Cove staged the event to generate media coverage, though attention was already surging. Others think it's plausible that another energy company wanted to eliminate the threat of solar, since ruthless business practices were common at the time. Cove was released, and a year later, the startup, called Sun Electric Generator Corporation, no longer existed. No significant solar R&D happened again for decades. Oxford University researcher Suganda Srivastav, who studies innovation in the energy sector, stumbled across Cove's work when she started searching for the first solar patent. Cove's patent was granted in 1906, far earlier than she'd expected. It sparked a thought experiment. What might have happened if solar technology had developed without pause since the early 1900s? We become better at making solar panels and their costs go down the more we make, Srivastav says. This is known as Wright's Law, and it's observed for renewable energy like solar and wind consistently in the data. So what if we'd made solar panels from the 1910s continuously up to the present? What if we started four decades sooner than we actually did in real life? Even Cove, with a few iterations of his design, saw that it kept becoming more efficient. Of course, it's impossible to know what might have happened if he kept working. His business might have failed for other reasons. But if he and others had focused on solar tech and if development followed the expected path, Srivastav calculates that solar power could have become cheaper than coal as early as 1997. In real life, that didn't happen until 2016 or 2017. According to my estimations, it would have happened around the time of the millennium, she says, when Al Gore was releasing An Inconvenient Truth, when we were all listening to the Spice Girls, and that would have changed the course of climate action. 
Between the turn of the millennium and 2016, coal power grew by 50%. That might not have happened if solar power had already been cheaper. And earlier solar technology likely would have sparked other changes. If solar had taken off in 1910, I think we could have even had a very different energy paradigm, Trevastaff says. If solar was already the dominant technology, I think a lot of people would have invested in batteries far sooner, because it's the natural and next logical step. News stories in the early 1900s also speculated about other potential applications of the technology, including planes running on solar power. The aeroplane of the future will dart hither and thither, her motors driven by electric energy, transmitted by wireless from some far away Sun Electric power plant, one journalist wrote. Instead, fossil fuels became the dominant source of power, and fossil companies fought any alternatives, even when they realised, decades ago, what that would mean for the habitability of the planet. I think the really interesting thing about this whole saga is that we could have had solar competing with fossil fuels from the beginning, says Srivastav. But because this initial effort was squashed, we then had incumbent oil and coal industries really just get a huge head start, a 40-year head start. And then to come in at that point and compete is a whole different story because they're embedded, they have political connections, and the size is orders of magnitude larger. At that point, it's a very different competition. You were listening to Fast Company, where Adele Peters writes how a 100-year-old kidnapping set climate tech back decades. This article was published on the 16th of October, 2023, and was read by Jane Wing for NOAA. And next... Fast Company's David Salazar explains what happened when he took to the platform formerly known as Twitter to contact an airline when a flight was delayed. The once useful forum for customer service now served up an army of bots, many of which are verified, making scammers that much more difficult to detect. For Noah, this is Sam Scholl reading from Fast Company. Where on the 14th of October 2023, David Salazar writes, Fake airline reps are helping disgruntled passengers rebook flights in the latest bizarre X scam. Staring down a 90 minute delay to an evening flight from Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina to New York City's JFK last weekend, I did something I've done many times before. I tweeted at the airline to ask what was causing the delay. Within a few minutes, I'd had my query answered by the official X, formerly Twitter, account of JetBlue, but I'd also been inundated with likes, follows, and replies from nearly 20 accounts, each of which boasted the same profile photo and bio as the official account, and handles with some variation on at JetBlue. In their replies, the accounts claimed to be sending tweets from JetBlue employees and asked for me to DM them my WhatsApp number to resolve the issue. Turns out what I experience is a relatively new but increasingly common grift happening on X, seemingly thanks to the site's fragmented verification process. Earlier in October, Jason Rabinowitz, an aviation enthusiast who goes by Airline Flyer on social media and co-hosts the AvTalk podcast from flight tracking site FlightRadar24, noticed an uptick in bots replying to people who were tweeting at airlines for flight updates 
and customer service. With Air Canada, among the common airlines whose customers ended up getting peppered with tweets. As someone who's followed the airline industry for the past decade, Rabinowitz says the uptick in bot replies is unprecedented. Before the changes to the verification system on Twitter, there were definitely bots trying to scam people, but never really in a concerted, coordinated, targeted way like we're seeing now, Rabinowitz says. Under the platform's previous verification system, Twitter would confirm that an account belonged to the business in question before bestowing a verification badge. But Elon Musk overhauled the process after taking over the site in 2022. It is absolutely overwhelming at this point, Rabinowitz adds. With X's complicated verification tiers, the gold organizational verification badge costs $1,000 per month, according to the description. Some major carriers such as Delta Airlines, Air Canada, American Air, and Southwest have the gold badge, while others don't. JetBlue, meanwhile, has a blue check that the site says has been in place since 2010. Still, other airlines like Scandinavian carrier SAS have no verification at all. Neither JetBlue nor X responded to Fast Company's requests for comment. On his own, Rabinowitz ran a test to trigger bots by making a post tagging several airlines that also used words like cancel, delay, and help. A few accounts purporting to be from British Airways and Lufthansa responded, asking him to DM them his WhatsApp number. And as bizarre as it is to get replies from fake accounts that seem just credible enough to help you, even more bizarre is that the scam involves actually helping people change their flights. Rabinowitz says scammers ask for info like an email address and flight confirmation number, then use that info to book a flight. They then ask for payment via PayPal for the courtesy, something that could easily have cost nothing with the real airline. At the end of the day, you might not even know that you were scammed, because the service you wanted was actually rendered, Rabinowitz says. Even if people realize they've been scammed, once they've shared private information, scammers have the leverage of just canceling their flight. Once that happens, you're not likely to have any real recourse with the airline, he says. The moment you provide that information, you are potentially in a lot of trouble. Rabinowitz says the widespread nature of the issue, even beyond airlines, ends up putting a burden on passengers to verify that the account they're in contact with is actually the official airline account via the website. But that's a lot of steps most people aren't going to do, he says. It adds a lot of friction. It's also a sign that whatever platform X ends up being, it's a fundamentally different one than Twitter was. The absolute best way to get customer service from an airline hands down used to be using Twitter, Rabinowitz says. But these days, if an airline doesn't have a gold check mark, I would confirm that the account I'm looking at is the real deal. You were listening to Fast Company, where David Salazar writes, fake airline reps are helping disgruntled passengers rebook flights in the latest bizarre X scam. This article was published on the 14th of October, 2023, and was read by Sam Scholl for NOAA.